Hello, welcome to Grass in the Sky. It isn't your average podcast. For a start, nobody has anything to plug. Secondly, none of the people are what you might call famous. And thirdly, they have the most remarkable stories to tell. I'll be asking them about books, music, sport, art, films, food, etc. All those wonderful things that inspire us, unite us, move us, and for one reason or another, leave an everlasting mark. In this episode, I will be speaking with Stephen Smith. Stephen, or Steve, lives in Nottingham. I'm sticking in the East Midlands for now. And he works for Nottinghamshire County Council. He works with the community, in the community, in a role that he will explain much better when you listen. But you know what? The path that led him there is extremely interesting, as always. I love his affirmations that he uses throughout this our talk. And they're very positive. They're very um, telling. They're very symbolic, actually, of the life he has led because he doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk now, he helps. And he walks the walk because he's actually walked the walk himself. Hello, I'm speaking to Steve. Or Do you, do you mind Steve or Stephen? No, Steve, Steve's fine. Steve Smith, That's who right. works for Nottinghamshire County Council. That's right. I've got that bit right, haven't I? Um, what's your role there, Steve? I work in a community team um, and I'm a community organising trainer. Yeah, um, okay. And I, I lead a, quite a number of different projects for yep. working partnership with a lot of organisations. Mm-hmm. Um, I should say we're in the home brewery building as well in an area, it's Daybrook, isn't it, in Daybrook, Nottinghamshire, yeah, which now has the uh, county council. That's right. Uh, as well as some NHS um, officers. It's a lovely building, by the way. And this is where we're meeting to talk about your uh, life, your background, your life in the past and your life now. Because you say you work for the council, but um, what is it you actually said at one of your interviews when you had an interview for this job, for this role? Well, um, well every, you're very in, honest in more... and you said, didn't you, I just have to tell you to yeah. the people interviewing you. Yeah, I've got a very, very serious criminal record um, with, with offences ranging from firearms, violence, very serious violence and robberies. Yes, so you're um, very honest about your past. Uh, very, very honest. And my, my view on that was once, if you could get past that and realise that that was in my past, if you could get past them words, then we might have a chance because it is... Um, early ways up, up from there. So yes. A lot of people won't let you get past them words. No. So you've had, have you had to work hard to get past those words or to convince other people to get past them? Yes, yeah, yes. Um, um, very, very hard. Um, mm. um, and obviously, I'm a, um, don't know, well, we're not, I am black, mm-hmm. I'm Afro Caribbean. Um, so there's um, not going to be able to change that. What some people don't let you. Even get past that anyway. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes the doors are shut just because on on the on the fact that you're a black Caribbean person. Mm-hmm. Um, never mind having a really bad past. Um, okay. That's even um, it, it, um, people. Um, you generally carry them things around with you. Um, yeah. Say okay. people haven't necessarily forgot from my childhood um, the, the, the stuff we were getting up to. Yeah. Which I'll get back to your. You've just mentioned you've got an Afro Caribbean. You're from an Afro Caribbean family. Mm-hmm. You were born here, though. I was born here. Yes. Yeah. Your parents came over here at first, didn't they, to, with some of your siblings, or did they leave all your siblings back home in 
What area was it? In, in St Thomas in Jamaica. St Thomas in Jamaica. Um, so when they, when my parents were coming over in the in the early sixties, yeah, um, the late fifties and early sixties, I think it might have been fifty nine. Were they sorry to interrupt? Were they part of the Windrush? They were generation? part of the Windrush, yes, yes. Right, this is even more fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. And yeah, they thought that it would be a better life in England and, yeah. and all the stories about the streets paved with gold. And you've got to remember that um, um, the health ministers from England and that, and um, those different, maybe foreign ministers, but certainly the health ministers were trying to recruit people from the Caribbean communities yes. to come and join the NHS. Yeah. So what, the, what a lot of English people don't realise, especially the far right people didn't realise that actually they were out there touting to say, come, please come, we need you. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a welcoming place. Mm. Um, for you and, and um, there's going to be jobs that you can come into. Uh, obviously when they got here, when they actually got here, it, yeah. it was less welcoming. Mm -hmm. And then um, and a lot of the racist um, comments at the time were that you're nicking our jobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that kind of thing. Well, were your parents aiming to come to the Midlands or how did they end up in Nottingham? Um, well, I know we had a, a a, a strong connection with Preston. Actually, oh, I didn't right. think that we stopped off at Preston on on tour, but I was it was before I was born, so yeah. I don't really no. know nothing okay. about that. I just know that I've got a connection. And as we got, as I got older, um, my mum used to do some sewing, mm -hmm. um, sewing the backs of the, these covers that go on the back of take chairs and cover tables yeah. and, and neck curtains and that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. I used to always get on the bus or a train and go back to Manchester and, and Preston. Right. Um, where all the old network were. So uh, from the, Nottingham? No, that's, so she had a network, because we were, I'd say the family had passed through the uh, uh, North West right. before we end up in Nottingham. Oh, right, okay. So, but, um, so I, I know by going back up there and seeing all our older friends, yes. um, my parents were older friends, and dropping off all their sewing stuff, so that's how I kind of end up knowing a lot of the people that were there before okay. I was born ah, right, okay. from, from this, um, from my mum's. So how many siblings in your family? Eleven. Eleven. Brothers and sisters? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And how many were born in Jamaica? And how many were born in the UK? So five of them were born in Jamaica. Yep. Um, I, I, um, and there is a sister um, that... Um, so it might be 12. Yeah, there's, okay. There's right. a sister that's um, Alison that we don't know too much about. No. I think okay, from, that's from fair before enough. my mum yeah. come to England. So your mum and dad came over and left your the five siblings in Jamaica, yeah? While they set up here? That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, and with, with the intention of you know, sending back home, uh, generating some income, yeah, um, and then bringing them over, paying, yeah. paying for them to come one by one. Yes. Which they did do over the next five or six years. Right. Um, it took that long? It took six, six, seven years potentially for them to actually uh, have enough money to bring them all over. Yeah. And by which stage, stage they were having children in England as in well. In England, yeah. Um, which you were one. Which I was one, yeah. yeah. Um, but what interested me that you said that caused real friction between your siblings who had been born in Jamaica 
and you have been born here. Did they, they sort of viewed you differently, didn't that's they? That's right, that's right. Well, you've got to imagine in Jamaica, the, 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 the oldest one that always calls the, calls the shots from Jamaican culture is like, you know, they um, look up to your elders, respect your elders and that. But I suppose the Jamaican guys were coming across to England and that it was a foreign place to them. So as they were uh, in the teenagers, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Jamaicans didn't feel like it, that they had a grasp of this English culture. Okay. Right. Um, yet the ones that were growing up in England, this was their place. Yeah. So there was always the edge for the ones growing up in England, and I think it created a lot of resentment. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I but think also, and, and I one, think as a family, from what you said, you experienced a hell of a lot of racism, didn't you? Within the family. No, outside of the family. Mm-hmm. Ah, interestingly, you did say it was within the family, yeah, didn't you, as well as outside? Yeah, within the family, so the lighter skinned ones, there was all these different reasons, though, like, like the lighter skinned ones, um, there was a lot of insinuation that you must be white then, and how could you so light? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and behind that, they, they'd call you a, a white man, as though mm-hmm. that would be a, mm-hmm. that would be a, um, and it would, it would hurt actually mm-hmm. at, the, at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of um, name calling, mm-hmm. uh, cruel name calling. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember quite often being brought to tears. Um, well, because it's your family, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah and these people, the people that you look up to, mm-hmm. are, um, are being inspired by at the same time are really, really being cruel. Mm. Uh, are you are you one of the youngest in your family? I'm the I'm the youngest. You are the youngest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, you were right at the end of it then. Yeah. Uh, I know that my with my um my some of the, the I got it less than my brothers and sisters but um, I still witnessed it so one of my youngest my sister who was the youngest sister but she's um, probably six six seven years older than me no, right, okay. I've got about four four siblings between me and my sister which is the youngest sister yeah Oh, she got it really, really bad okay. from the three older sisters to her. Did she? The three right. Jamaican sisters. Um, she really, really got it bad. Mm. And, um, mm. The rest of us got it bad, but she got it bad particularly. Do you think that's that's quite common in families that um, sort of like you were split from being born in yeah, Jamaica? I, I think I would I would say so. Yeah. From from the from speaking to other families, right. I know that, that yes. there's always been a bit of resent, resentfulness. And the fact, even down to the parents leaving them there. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. And then sending for them. Yeah, it must have been um, And then odd, thinking, yeah. why have you left me? Or, yes. And then even bringing one back before the other one. Yeah. And why have you left me till the last? Yeah. Why yeah. has it took seven, eight years? So yeah. in that time, the resentment's building and you left me over here. Yeah. So they, I think they, they came across. Mm-hmm with a bit of an attitude yeah, okay. um, and then there's these smart ass English side of the family yeah, right. living in England mm-hmm. and we knew more what was going off so mm-hmm. meant to be meant to be normally you go to your older one but then we had to come to the younger ones to guide them I see, yeah, um, yeah. which couldn't have been nice for them because no. it's not part of their culture but your mum was also a real disciplinarian is that right that's right yeah yeah, yeah. And you said you have memories of her, because you did tell me a few of the things she used to do to keep you in line, let's say. And I was quite shocked by it, but you said, you know, that's very much the Jamaican culture. Yeah. And you wished she'd actually disciplined you a wee bit more and you wouldn't have got yourself into such 
trouble, is that right? That's right, that's right. Yeah. I mean, there was one time when uh, um, I had a fight with my brother, my, my brother was going to give me a good hiding with a pool cue, and I ended up um, jumping out a second story window into the back garden and yep. then went on a run. Yep. Um, on the run, I ran away from home for, and my mates were putting me up. Um, different mates were putting me up and feeding me, so I was in the area, yeah. but, but not going back home. Right. Um, Is that because you didn't want to face your mum? Because I didn't want to, now I'd gone, I was running from my brother to start off with, yeah. but once I'd stayed out one night, it was your mum, that yeah. was trouble now. <laughs> that was trouble now, it was like, you've made it, what have you done? Mm. Um, and then it was, it was like, how do I come back? You just knew that you were gonna, it was going to be a beating at the end of the, yeah. at the, end of the road. Which you never look forward to. Mm. Oh, um, right, you didn't. No, I <laughs> um, right, you didn't. But also, I've got to say, I keep calling you Steve, but you know what? You do have an AKA, quite a few AKAs, don't you? I do, I do, yes. What, um, what was the main one that has had an influence on your life? People know me as Crucial. Mm -hmm. um, it used to be a sound name, um, sound system. Um, we used to play music around around the, the city when I was young, in my early teens, up to, to my early 20s. Um, and I used to um, do MC on the mic. So that's where that name originally came from. Yeah. Um, but then it then soon became linked more to the sound system and a wider crew. Yeah. Wider followers mm -hmm. and ended up becoming a bit of a gang. Yeah. Um, so then instead of being the sound leader um, I, and I would be known as a gang leader, well mm -hmm. I kind of was a gang leader yeah. in many, many respects. Yeah, certainly from what you've told me, yeah, you were more than, yeah, more than a gang leader. And that led to, well, a life of what you consider real respect, actually, in your community. Would I be right in saying that? Um, but also it led yeah, you I into think, think, crime, think, didn't it? Yeah, I think in terms of respect, um, I. I think it was probably false respect. Mm. I think it was more fear mm -hmm. um, because we were very, very violent, and uh, there was that many rules attached to my my crew and my gang when we were great. There were that many rules. Yeah. Um, what age would you say this? Uh, you sort of became the gang leader. Um, say from the age of fourteen, after the police had hit my mum in the face. Right. Um, I had done a burglary. Mm -hmm. A police then came to my house and hit my mum in the face. Uh, she was in a wheelchair. And I did go mad. Um, you know, put it this way, there was a hammer and a, 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 a baseball bat involved. Um, and um, I injured I several police and several police cars. Mm. And, um, uh, and in that moment there. So was that the one of the first things you'd done, a burglary, at, at, at sort of the age of 14? No, 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 no. That was the first time I'd probably got caught. Right, OK. Um, <laughs> yes, we shouldn't laugh, but, you know, it, it isn't funny, but um, I know why, why we're smiling. Um, so you'd been a... I'd, I want to say a little villain. That's really probably not fair, is it? It is. It is. And just about that res that respect thing, it was like I say, it was more fear because people used to, people feared you. People used to fear us, and people we yeah. were, were good to know. Yeah. Um, to fight people's battles for them, so people used to have a lot of people that used to pretend that they were your friends. Yeah. 
for their own reasons, either for fear or because you were hand, it was handy to have a mate like you mm. around. Yeah. So people used to use that name, I'm Crucial's friend. Mm. I'll, I'll get Crucial. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, if they needed stuff sorting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, used to, it, used to, it used to work wonders. Well, I'm sorry that happened to your mum, I really am. Um, and that obviously incited an awful lot in you. Um, it sort of started off um, your attitude to, to, to the what, police, didn't it? The racism police. within the police force. That's yeah. right, yeah. Um, and then for, for many years, I think I got lost um, with violence. Yeah. In particular, violence. Um, I actually fear that the first time I actually got pat on the back from the community or felt special mm. was when you were having, having a fight or you, you, you gave somebody a good hiding mm. um, and that's when you were getting adoration from the community yeah. and it was nice having that adoration, it was nice, it was a nice feeling people say, oh I heard about you, well mm. go on mate. That kind of was something it's feeling that of power for you. Did it? Did it make family. you feel? It's not. You didn't have that. You didn't have that pat on your back. So, for, and and that. So that, you didn't get it from your family, but you got it from the community because yeah, of your for negative reasons. Yeah, and because think, of the role you were playing. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and but you like that feeling, and I think you, I went on a quest for more of that feeling. Yeah. Um, more of them, more of them compliments. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and it did uh, lead you into quite serious uh, situations, didn't it? Yes, definitely. Um, how many times would you say you had been in prison for the, um, the situations you found yourself in? I've probably been in prison. Um, I've probably been sentenced to, to probably six times, okay. but then I've probably been on remand where I got off. Right. Um, with the offence that we were on remand for. Another six or seven times. Yeah. So probably in and out, probably about 13, 12, 13 times. Right. Yeah. Um, I've spent about nine and a, between nine and a quarter and nine and a half years yeah. was spent behind bars. Right. And if you total the whole sentence, it'd be probably mm. about 18, 18 years. Goodness me. Yeah. Okay. But it also, your lifestyle also uh, led you to make an awful lot of money at one time, didn't it? It did, yeah. And that obviously had an influence on the way you behaved and the way you lived. Um, and I believe from what you told me, I said to you, what, at what point did you, I don't want to use such a corny uh, expression as turned your life around, but um, you said you were in prison and you knew you had to channel your skills, your negotiating skills, would you say? Your, your very... Um, you were good at psychology, weren't you? Yeah, I, I, I so just like reverse psychology, psychology. Yeah, I did the psychology at school. I was really interested in psychology and sociology, but um, we messed the school end of the school term um, time up. Mm. Um, and think about it: when I started getting a reputation for violence, yeah, people used to think it was all brawn and no brains. So all the time, I was actually really interested in these subjects. Yeah. Um, and then once I got lost in this world of violence um, and keep making, continually making the same mistake. Mm -hmm. I was always trying to analyse and work out either what positive can I take from it and what can I, what, what can I do to break the cycle. Mm -hmm. I'm always looking for what the positive was mm -hmm. um, and it did take me a long time to start piecing that together. 
Um, but you had a record shops, didn't you? I've owned several, several, several um, businesses. Yeah. Um, record shops and promotion companies. Mm-hmm. Um, booking agencies, yeah. nightclubs. Mm-hmm. Um, that did well at the time. Very from, well. From what yeah, you said, yeah, yeah. 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 So, certainly, the record shops and the and the promotion companies had a had a had a time when when it was when they were. Um, well, they were nationally recognised, mm. the, the promotion work that we were doing. Um, we were doing events across the UK and people were coming from as far as Scotland and yeah. Brighton and Southampton mm-hmm. to them. So I suppose that's quite a good achievement. And were you still sort of involved in the, the darker side then as well? Yeah, well, <laughs> seeing the darker side, you, you, you try and get out of the game, but um, you have people around you that still regard you as the same person mm. um, and you have opportunities that keep on landing on your lap mm. you know, every time you you, 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 you you while you're still kind of mixed up in that circle there'll be, yeah there'll be things that you were easily you were pulled weren't you that that's really difficult for you that keep on pulling you yeah. so even if you try and you, you're thinking right then that's it then never never again i want to change your life around there was always some negative influence that mm. would pull me back in, mm-hmm. or some, some, um, one of your family members, and um, gets gets a good idea, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you think that can't you can't let that happen. Yeah. So you get involved because you get a call from a family member, and they're in a really bad way, and, and the first thing they say is who's done that, mm-hmm. and they're telling you, and it's natural instinct you'd be thinking right. <laughs> I, I mean, just like autopilot, you, 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 I'd be, I'd be um, um, finding out where they were and going mm-hmm. to um, yes. sort that out. So, um, a, and one of the last times you were in prison, was that when you started sort of making use of the education system within there? The last time I... Because I remember you saying you'd done some courses, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, uh, on the last couple of times, but certainly the last time I was in prison, um, I, I was really disappointed because I already had, I was out of the game for quite a long time yeah. before that and I got drawn back in one more time. Okay. Um, um, lost my, my partner, um, somebody ripped my partner off quite a substantial amount of money mm-hmm. and uh, so he was walking around, walking around not even spending it. Blase. The guy that had ripped your partner, it was half of mine as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even though I record shops, you know, I'm doing a lot of the, the, one of the legitimate businesses, I really didn't want to get back So that rightly it. sort of uh, pissed you off, didn't it? <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people can sympathise yeah. and empathise with that. Yeah, you know, you're thinking, like, this would have happened a few years ago, where well, people now are realising that. I've kind of changed mm. and think that they can just rip a, rip a substantial mm. amount of money and yeah. not even not even have the, mm. you're not even going to hide. You're just going to spend it like 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 we're nothing. So I think on that occasion I got pulled right back in. And I thought I can't let this happen. This, if this was being a normal guy, who yeah. I'm going to pull up with being a normal guy? Yeah, I know. I'm not sure if I want to be normal then. Is that right? And, and, uh, for that what, uh, for that moment there, we, I, I lost it. Um, and fortunately, um, before we could get to him, I got caught um, with a handgun. Yeah. Um, 
outside outside of the guy's house. Mm -hmm. um, and so probably was fortunate that I got caught right then. Um, but I would say that I wasn't, as I said, I, I regarded myself as being out of the game, and that's probably why I got caught as well, because I wasn't thinking like, right. like a criminal. Do you think there was almost relief then when you got caught? Did you feel relief or not? Uh, d definitely, 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 because uh, I, I, I was happy to not have that. To not be or, in the game. Have that yeah. on my on my conscience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I've always done is I always blame myself. I think what could I have done different? And this is probably leads to the kind of training that I deliver now. Uh, but always, you always got to ask yourself what. Don't blame outside there. Mm. Um, I'm thinking like about poor me. Mm -hmm. think, what could I do better? Or what? What? How can I benefit? Mm. How can I benefit from this situation? So how did you get yourself into the work, the community work? Because you started a project before you worked for the council, didn't you? Yes. Presumably, what? How long after you came out of prison, or was? Um, did you? Think I, I really need to use all of my experience, uh, all of my, you know, the art skills and your intelligence, which you always knew was there. I think, didn't you? Yeah, I think I think we're always trying to find. I'm always trying to find um, common denominators and trying to find patterns that we could kind of think if I could find a secret to one thing and find a pattern of what's going off there that will reflect on other other, other areas. Yeah. So one of the first little ventures. About 2002, right. was a project called Visualize, Believe, and Achieve. Visualize, Believe, and Achieve. Yeah. yeah. So it's called that. But actually, when I say that, I'm giving you that secret. I'm giving you. So that was the name of the title. So you have to visualize. You have to. You have to dream your plan up. Yeah. Yeah. Visualize it. And yeah. Then you've got to believe in it. So it's got to be believable. Yeah. Um, um, and then you, then, and then you've got to put you back into it and start doing, doing the necessary things to achieve. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's actually the process. Yes. I suppose within fighting, within within sports, I like to work out now. That's still happening. Mm -hmm. That's still happening right now with my life. I'm still visualising. Mm -hmm. I'm still believing, mm -hmm. and, and I'm still uh, well. Now I've got an actual time. So what, what did that have? What how did that manifest itself? Did you go round to schools? Or? So that manifested itself in me. I've done um, several business qualifications, a business diploma, BTEC diploma, business and finance, and loads of accountancy courses, and business management courses. This is when you were in prison. On my last time, last time I was in prison. Okay. Um, in social sciences degree yeah. I was doing as well. Right. With, with economics. Uh, I, was, I was linking the social sciences in with business as well. Mm. And I was looking common patterns. And Presumably, what, really enjoying it as well. I was loving it, loving yeah. it. So the first, so what I was doing, then, I, I, I got really good at writing yeah. business plans. Um, and realised that there was a route through the Prince's Trust. The Prince's Trust. Um, yeah. So, business I've achieved was helping people that wanted to set up a business. Yeah. Um, and, and they had an idea. Yep. Um, and and they, had, they had the energy, but they, but they didn't. They needed the rest. And they needed mm -hmm. to know how to plan it out. They needed to understand 
um, to, set, to, to create objectives and mm. marketing and marketing strategy and mm. strengths and weaknesses and all these different aspects of the business planning and sort of make an action plan and, um, 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 in, in sequence. Yes. Um, so you can't do everything at one time, sometimes mm. you have to be that's first. And that first. So, so did you I, find that about a competition then? Or, um... Well, I, I won a competition whilst in prison, a, a, a live wire competition. A, 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 a Prince's Trust competition. Yeah. So I got into the last five out of 5,000. Um, I've been told that basically if I could go and just convince them that it was me that wrote the, the, the business proposal that had, was entered into the competition. Yeah. Um, I had been told that if, all they would ask me is that just to prove that it was, it was me. That, it was me that wrote it. Uh, uh, that uh, um, I basically won, but the prison at the time didn't want. Even though I was getting home leave, mm. even though I was getting home leave, they yeah. were letting me out unattended yeah. to go home every couple of months or so. Like so I was already going out, but they refused to let me out for this one day to go to this competition. Oh no. Um, but I'm happy with that still. Uh, as a result, so I, gave, I came fifth because I couldn't attend. Oh, um, yeah. Um, but um, I, still for me, for still me, I was still a hell of a recognition, that, isn't it? Yeah. And, and for me, I'd already, they already had told me that I, I, I cried and one head and shoulders. Yeah. Um, um, somebody I spoke to. And they really wanted me there. Just to kind of articulate them, mm. they could question me on the plan, mm-hmm. my plan. And actually, that plan, the business plan, that was the business plan for oh. the record shop. Oh, was it? Was the music man that oh. was that was on the front cover okay. of this plan. So I actually got out, I visualised it, wrote it, got out, and did it. And you set up your business. And set up my Mr. business. Mus- and how long did and that run for? Um, I ran for about. Ran for about. About seven years. Hey, not bad, eh? Hey. Seven years until I had that blip. Yeah, okay. Until that was I, when you had the blip. Until okay. I had the blip mm-hmm. and ended up getting drawn back in. And, um, yeah. So is Visualise, Believe and Achieve still running in any way? Um, um, not in, in that sense, but I think the work still goes, the work still goes on okay. in different clothes. So yeah. it's, for me, it still feels exactly the same. Um, did that lead you to somebody tell you about a job at the council? Well, so it, it lead, led me to link up with an old colleague of mine that worked for probation ah. first, and we set up a project called First Universal Enterprises Limited, right? Um, which is an alternative education provision. We did this in 2008, um, and we set it up to help Without black young black kids, but not just black kids, but a lot of kids are getting excluded yeah. because the way the systems work, the education systems worked. Now uh, there's no tolerance if you if you maybe mm. got autism or you you, you maybe you jack the lad in the class yeah. or you might, kids you might have, have all sorts of families yeah, so you might be getting here late a few times mm-hmm. um, and it's really really intolerable. This, this, the scoring system that they've got, the yeah. league table for, mm. for academies and that, um, they're, they're, they're quick to just exclude you. Mm. Um, but I was, um, I was this excluded kid. Yeah. Um, 
and, I, and while you're excluded from school, I think the devil makes make, makes work for idle hands. Quite literally a vicious circle, yes. So, yeah, so you get excluded from school. What are you going to do then? Mm. After you get up out of your bed at 12 o'clock, roll out of your bed, yeah. and then you've, you've had to eat, and then you're on the street. Yeah, yeah. Um, clinking up with somebody else that's not at school either, yeah. or the older lads. Yeah. Um, and they're smoking and they're drinking and, and, and they're doing crime. So it is a vicious circle. So mm. it might start off with you just, I mean, the one time I got excluded from school, mm. I'm getting excluded from school because the teacher was going to try and hit me with his slipper. And he was trying to do it so hard, I moved out of the way right at the last minute and he broke his arm on the table. And that's what he gets for trying to hit me. Yes. Why are you trying to hit me like that? Or yes. why was he hitting me that hard that you broke mm. your hand? Mm. Um, but they didn't see it like that. I got suspended. Did you? I got suspended yeah. for moving from the blow. Mm. Mm. It's quite unbelievable when you say it. For moving out, for dodging out of the way. Mm. Um, and he wasn't supposed to be hitting me. Mm. Um, uh, so, and, and well, like you say, it just proves how hard he, want, he wanted to do that, doesn't, yeah. it, doesn't it? If he broke his arm or hand or whatever. He broke his hand and I got excluded and I was out doing... Oh, out shame doing for him, Right then. <laughs> so, yeah, so first Universal Enterprise was all about... Because we knew we would be a bit more patient yeah. than someone. Um, and... They would, a lot of them, we've lived that life. We've lived that life yep. and we've got that respect. Mm. Some of them know us, some of them know their dads know us. Yeah. Um, um, so they listen to you, basically, to wouldn't more, they? But it's fear. respect it's again, respect. isn't it, Steve? It's, but you can't possibly say this time it's false respect or fear. It's real respect, it's real isn't respect. it? It's yeah. real respect. Um, and, and, and we love them yeah. at the same time. Um, and. Yeah, we, 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 we see the person that mm. might have challenging circumstances. Yeah. We're not just seeing the pain in the arse. Mm. And does um, that organisation still run? Do you, the organisation you... still runs. Yeah. Um, but I transitioned from that um, around 2011. I started working at a community centre. Okay. The organisation, at that stage, of the old world for fuel, um, we were... Obviously, we were growing gradually, and, yeah. and a lot of the partners that were involved had construction backgrounds. So we were trying, we were getting the young people, um, especially the ones that were interested in having a career in construction. That yeah. was the business model. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the same time, we were doing English and maths. We were really focused on teaching them construction. And while they were learning, we'd have projects going off in the community there. They were actually doing live projects, building stuff. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, so it was a win-win situation. They were learning, doing city and girls. They actually it's a live project going off being, being supervised mm. um, by the assessor. So um, at that stage, my my knowledge in construction, I wanted to get doing kind of where where I've ended up mm. now, um, doing the other stuff because, mm. uh, because my knowledge wasn't around construction. So how long have you worked for the council? Um, so then I worked for the Greenway Centre, Community Centre, um, then I became a community organiser, a right. manager. I worked my way up from um, being a site supervisor to being a manager of the community centre for yeah. many, many years, yeah. looking after hundreds and hundreds of children yeah. um, and families in the area. Um, and, and then a job came up because I did a lot of volunteering work mm. um, running the community centre. Anyone that's done it will, will know 
like they, you might get paid for a certain amount of hours, but you put it in, you put in, it's your, your life. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. You mm. put in your life, and yeah. you're getting calls at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, you've got a party going off there, and um, there might be a leak going off there, so you're on 24 hour call, yeah. you know, the work never finishes. Um, when you're not doing the hands on stuff, you're doing the strategic stuff behind the scenes. And then a job came up um, for a community organising trainer. Um, trainee um, in 2012, about 10 years ago. Right, okay. Um, so I became a community organising trainee for an organisation called Stenting Alchemy. That was all about going out, learning how to listen. What was the organisation? Stenting Alchemy. Stenting is an area of Nottingham. It's yeah. an area yeah. of Nottingham, yeah. alchemy, mixing the constituent parts to make something special. Wonderful. Um, um, so that was all about, the first year of doing that was all about trying to find 10 volunteers, 10 people that wanted to make a difference in the community and, yeah. and, and guide them through it. At the same time, I was getting trained up. Mm. And that first year, I got about 44. Did you? I moved in Shakers um, and uh, completed my training. Mm. And, and since then, I've been a community organiser. Um, and even though I work for the council, I'm now a director of the National Academy of Community Organising. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a director of it. Um, and um, I'm the lead trainer mm. for Nottinghamshire. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've just told me about a, a recent project you've just done with um, some uh, females in down the road with some children. Did you say the women are aiming to get the children engaged in activities? Okay, so, so yeah, so that's... Um, that was just one you just mentioned. I just mentioned that when we were walking. Because I said, what kind of stuff do you do in the community? And so we help residents to set up community projects. Yeah. Uh, um, or, or take action on anything that they care about. Um, mm. um, and empower them to do it. And believe in themselves. We believe in them. Um, we, we, we create a... Stir them, stir empower them, and yeah. get them, get them, tap into their anger or frustrations or what they love, and really use that to say what I'm to help them to make a plan. So it's a bit like my vision, I believe in a team. Mm. So by the time we finish the conversation, they've got a plan, a mm. bit of a plan that they've visualised. And one of the questions we ask them: if you had a magic wand, what would it look like in mm. five years? Mm-hmm. So that's a bit like my vision, I believe in a team. Um, what specific ac- actions do you think you need to take you towards there? So there in the conversation, mm. they're developing an action plan without even knowing it. Uh, do you know others that share your passion? Mm. If yes, who are they? Would you be up for having a meeting with them? So by the time we finish the conversation... Uh, so you're providing real opportunities for people who wouldn't usually have them or in certain areas of the community that wouldn't be offered these opportunities definitely, usually. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. For various reasons. Um, so over the, since I've been working for the council, which was about 2017, yeah. end of 2016, early 2017, um, I'm basically doing a similar kind of thing. Um, I call, call a neighbourhood coordinator, but we use a community organising approach. So yeah. I'm, I'm also a community organising trainer and director, so it's kind of a hit and sweet spot mm. where um, I'm doing that, that what I've always done in, in the work for the county council, but it's not necessarily called that. Over that time there, we've helped set up hundreds of groups. Have you? Hundreds of community projects that range from litter picking projects, um, lunching clubs, community gardening projects, dementia 
cafes, mm. um, football projects, mm. um, it just um, like I said, community gardens. Is the latest one with these children to get them doing some cooking? Did I? So the latest, from the latest listening that I've done, so you've a listening um, approach. Right. And from the last one I actually done was in this area, Arnold, on a new project, and uh, um, just had a half an hour to kill. So yeah. I popped into this area and I listened to one resident. That's the first resident in this brand new area, and that first re resident I've listened to has sparked the beginnings of a brand new project, which is all around um, um, five or six. Um, people coming together from that area and then they start putting on rent a community centre in the evenings and start putting on activities for the 6 to 11 year olds and organising trips out of the area mm -hmm. um, to different places um, and, um, and then that's just the tip of the iceberg because what we also do is work on what skills that the individuals have got and carry on believing in them mm. um, and, 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 and encourage them to believe, um, to dream, what else do you want to do? Mm. What else do you want to do? You know, you're here now, you've got a fantastic team. I'm not sure there's any, uh, any more, more important work that needs to be done in this world at the moment, such as that. There's not, there's, if anyone at the moment, if the people at the moment need a boost, it is now, isn't it? If they need to feel empowered, um, relevant, um, right, yeah. important, right now is right, needed and that's exactly important. what you're doing. My heart leapt when you started saying that about it's, it's about listening, it's about empowering, it's about um, allowing people to believe in themselves. Um, but it's not just that, it's actually doing it and encouraging them to do it. That's right, yeah. Um, got, we've got a really, really good track record now. Got the, and it's the highest level of listening. As well, so at the time, I still believe, just like the young people when we were setting up the fuel first universal enterprise and needed somebody, people that really believed in them, mm. even though it don't look like you were believing in, mm. we believed in them and mm. they feel mm. they more than the respect, more than knowing anything, they, they think they can feel this person is making me feel good about myself. And when yeah. I'm around this person, it's because of we're still believing in them, even yeah. though they're being maybe little ships. Mm. Um, we, we know that there's some magic in there somewhere. Mm. We just need to kind of help them to draw it out mm -hmm. and maybe help them or coach them. Do you think that's because you were a little ship? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you, would you say that? Uh, yeah. And, and, um, say no if and, not. No, teachers used to say they've got so much potential. Yes. Some of, them, some of the teachers. That's what I mean. You just needed somebody to believe in you, um, didn't you? Uh, yes, I'm more maybe reinforced, so it didn't, it didn't happen to me, but then probably stopped hearing it Yeah. after yeah. a while. But yeah. I can remember some teachers saying that, 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 that they felt that I was had real, real potential. I bet they did, yeah. I need sport as well, I, um, but like I say, we need, sometimes we need that reinforcing at mm. that, that critical age. Yes. Um, and, you used the word transition earlier, and you know, all I can think of is it seems to have been the most natural transition for you to have gone from that unbelievably um, violent world and crime ridden world, and um, like you say, a bit of false empowerment, you know, yeah. world into well, what you're doing now. All of that has led you to. Well, it's the same thing, isn't it? It's the same thing. As a, as a, when I went into business, I realised that the, my understanding of 
um, selling drugs made me potentially the same same thing. I just didn't know it was called expenditure. Yeah. Um, I would do, I didn't know that it was called a, a SWOT analysis, but yeah. they were all going off in your head. Mm. So it was a transferable skills. Mm. And again, um, winning attitudes right now and looking at you know, looking for the positive, even yeah. even in a bad situation. Mm. What what. What gain can you get out of the situation? Mm. That's a skill that's really needed right now. Yes. People that don't think like that mm. are, are depressed. Yeah, and, pre um, and presumably you felt very confident in the in, way back in those times as well. Very, you felt very, very sure of yourself and very confident. Conf like, and that's what you're trying to instill in other situations. Reason what, uh, um, in a situation, not all the fights were really easy. There was somebody you, you were hanging on by the skin of your teeth, yeah. and you're getting filled in. Mm. In my, but and, 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 um, but I didn't get filled in. Mm -hmm. um, even though getting, I'm on the floor and, and people be laying into me, three or four people laying into me, and in my little mad head, I'd be thinking, I know I'm going to win. Did you? I'm thinking, I know I'm going to win. Yeah. I don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. But I know I'm going to win, and that's where them moments in the prison cells. And I'm trying to think, what is the secret? I realised that is one of the secrets. Mm -hmm. That's why I used to win the fights. In my head, I was thinking, I know I'm going to win. Yeah. I know I'm going to win. And so almost that, I mean, that confidence, a borderline arrogance that you're going to do it. Well, and that in life, we need to have that in life. Well, that that, we that's all it. what the top sports people yeah. say, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it uh, is a, that is a sporting mentality and it's a winning mentality. When things are doable, you, yeah. you can't be saying, I can't do it. No. If it's doable, Precisely. You, you, right, you, you, uh, you're doing it, you're doing it over your dead body, or, or you know, you're not having nothing else. If no. it's doable, and a lot, a lot of children now, young people now, um, kind of got a give up mentality. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so the work carries on. And I suppose I love doing this, I love being able to teach this listening process and this community organising. You do love it, don't not you? Not only yeah. do I do it, I yeah. teach it, and I teach it to people that I've done it on. The ultimate level of active listening is generative, and that's where you're thinking. At the time I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, I believe in you, I believe in you, oh, I believe in yes. you, I believe in you. Yes. And it's like something happens, I don't know, on a chemical level, I'm yeah. not sure what happens, but they realise that they're talking to somebody they're being that believe in them, to you. Yes. and they believe in themselves. Yes. Um, and they might feel like they, 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 we ask them, "Have you tried to do this before?" No. Why not? Because I've got these excuses for why they haven't tried to do it before. So a lot of the time, I, well, a lot well, of time well, I see people. Yeah, that's understandable. But the point is, you're there and you're helping people, aren't you, Steve? In the most remarkable well, way, I tell you. I can't. I don't think I can justify it in any way. What I say, honestly. Um, your life's completely turned around, hasn't it? Yes. I'm yes. sorry, I did use that phrase, but it has. You met your wife, didn't you, as well, when you um, had... You were very wealthy at one time, I did say that. Yeah. For various reasons, and you did lose a lot of your money, didn't you? Or yes, was it right. more or less right. all of it? Uh, uh, yeah, we, uh, I, I... But it kind of went along with this transition, didn't it? It did, and it was nice to meet a new set of people when I didn't have anything. You didn't have a reputation, you didn't have your wealth. That's right. Yeah, so people weren't wanting to know you for any reason other than for you, Steve. And then I'm, um, yeah, and, and, and um, with work, um, not a lot of 
not everybody that I work with knows your background. All of my background. Yeah, okay. um, uh, when, when did you meet your wife, Steve? About 14 years ago. Right, okay. No, 15 years ago. 14, 15 years, 15 years ago, years yeah, ago. okay. I've just done our anniversary. Have you? A couple of days Lovely. ago. But you've got, you're very happily married by the sounds oh, of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what, so what do you do to relax? Because you work blooming hard. I mean, we've tried to arrange, I've tried to arrange to speak to you quite a while, and you have a lot going on. You're a busy man. Um, do you say? Do you have holidays? Have you had holidays? I do have holidays. I do, we, we go on walks nice. regularly. Um, I do like getting out into the green spaces and getting into, into nature. The Peak District. Oh, um, nice. Um, and we have got a national trust card, so we can oh, go and all around. Yeah. And they've all got these big stately um, um, gardens. Mm. Massive, massive, um, so do you find that relaxing, or do you find you don't need to relax? Um, well, I'm not going to retire. This no. work carries on, yeah. even when I don't work for the council, okay. um, when I, even when I do retire yeah. from that, um, from, from the council, I'm not, I've got no intention of retiring from doing what we do. So do you have um, what you, would, people would consider leisure time? Do you, do you go and watch sport at all, or do you go and watch uh, any gigs, as they say, music gigs or anything? Um, well, I, I'm going to one, uh, yeah, occasionally, very occasionally now. I've treated myself to the first festival oh, in nice. years. Uh, so in you years. do enjoy that? Yeah, I enjoyed the last one. Uh, that, yeah. that was my mate. My mate does something called Groove Box, um, right. a big festival thing. Uh, they've been trying to get me there for years as well. Yeah. Um, so where are you going? I am going. I've been yeah. to one, yeah. um, and I'm going to go 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 back to another. But nice um, one. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very, very content. Yeah, you I'm see very, me. Very content. Yeah, you see me. You're um, very content in your work and what you're achieving and with your family, aren't you? Yeah. My, to be fair, my brain don't really switch off. No. I have to pretend to people um, in my heart. The work. In I, terms of projects and how you can help people. Well, my mission was always to. My other nickname is Damini Gamba, mm. and that means spiritual warrior. And that's kind of paying homage to this bigger battle, um, um, and which involves a revolution, a spiritual revolution. So I think even in that terms, there being community organising, empowering people, mm. um, waking people up. Where does you know that? Where does that name come from? It's uh, I borrowed it from two parts of North Africa. Right. Um, one is Swahili part, I think. Um, Damini is a Swahili, mm -hmm. um, and Gamba means warrior yeah. in a North African yeah. um, country. Mm. Um, I, it just means I don't switch off because the work is like a religion, really. It's, it's very, it's it, very apt. Yeah, it's very apt. Work don't finish. Um, you know, even when you're not working, um, there'll be a call come in and um, somebody's somebody's feeling really depressed. Mm. Um, we get that in, our, in my circles, and, and you've got to you've got to keep right in. But the work goes on mm. all the time, and even as a parent, you can't switch off. Mm. Um, there's always, there's always, you've always got to try and remind people, uh, especially, and, and that you can do, you can mm. do. It seems to be harder with your children. So. Mm. Actually Did you ever think that as a 14, 15 year old when you were, you know, sort of not living the life you're living now at all, 
that you may one day be doing what you're doing now? I realised, I, I, I'd hoped, yes. Um, so even when I was 14 or 15, uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and Steve Biko, yeah. they were splattered around my room and Bob Marley. Mm. So that's, they were my biggest inspiration, but then the, the thug life mm. took me a bit away from that. So yeah. I think at them early ages, I was definitely, um, uh, I was definitely admiring. So you've come back to yourself, my, my, haven't you? My, my you've come back life. round to yourself, haven't you? I think, I think, yeah, yeah in, a, in a sense, yeah. And it's almost like your spiritual journey that you've gone through. I don't know if you had to go through it, but you've gone through it, and it's led you to this incredible human being that you are now. Oh, thank you very much. I can't say it enough, and anything else would would sort of demean it in a way. Um, you certainly have an aura about you, Steve. You have an aura, and I find you very charismatic, and that's why you do this incredible work, I feel. Thank you very much. People have to meet you, Steve, to know that, honestly. I don't feel that, you know, I'm very grateful and very privileged that you've spoken to me. Um, and hopefully we're going to speak again in the future, because like you say, it's, it's never going to end, really, is it, the work? No, no, no. You Thank do, you you do a very good thing, a very, very good thing, and I, like I say, I can't say it enough. Um, and you should be extremely proud of yourself, and I've got a feeling um, your mum would be. Thank you very, very Did much. Did she get to see you in your community role at all? I, I do know your mum yes, passed away. Yes, so I did um, manage to, um, when I graduated as a community organiser, and uh, we, we, we had a graduation at um, the City Hall in London, next to the Thames. Nice. Um, and it was really swanky, a little affair, and it was nice for me to uh, come back with the photos. Yes, so your mum saw those. She see the photos of me with the hat on and that. Um, and I, I, yeah, I always wanted to show her that because she she, she broke her back literally, Yeah. Um, trying to support the family. And her wish was for us all to have them square hats when mm. graduate. Oh. That, was, that was her thing. She must have been incredible. Even though she, yeah. she didn't have that, um, that education herself, she really knew how important it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was her first name? Virginia. Virginia, beautiful name. Yeah, I should think Virginia's very rightly, extremely proud of you, uh, Steve. Uh, actually, she, you know, I told you she died of dementia. Right. Um, so I'm also a dementia champion. Right. I'm trying to make dementia for friendly communities because the reason why I started doing that is I, when she had dementia, I didn't realise that you could do a course called Dementia Friends and it would help you to look after the, your loved one. Yeah. This course takes 45 minutes. And you weren't aware of I it? I wasn't aware of it. And mm. the people, the people, you know, the doctors, no one was with, talking about this. No. Dementia information sessions um, that, you could, that you could go on. And I, I thought to my, when I realised about this pretty thing, I thought to myself, why? Why don't they yeah. publicise it? Exactly. Um, so I became a dementia champion. Yeah. A dementia champion is a person that delivers these courses, these mm. sessions. Ah, brilliant. Um, and my target is to train um, 100 people a year. Yeah. And I give out these badges, mm. uh, forget, forget me not badges. Mm. And I create dementia friends. Okay. Um, so you do not do this. 45 minutes to an hour session. Is it aimed at friends and family who are going to be supporting it's somebody with dementia? Friends, it's aimed at friends and family um, and um, 
it could be cursed off as well. Right. Um, it could be people that have got got dementia. Yeah. If I was alone at a couple of um, things that would go over in that forty-five yeah. minute session, it might I might have been able to do a couple of things different. Yeah. To make yeah. My, the quality of my mum's final years nicer. Mm. Yes. Um, but, so my mission is if I can help other people that might I was going to say, you're doing the next best thing, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Which is what you're doing all, all round. You're making people aware. You're making people believe in themselves. You're doing good work. Fantastic, yeah. Aren't you? And it's all down to my mum, really. Yeah. Yeah, because I do say that she feels like she's um, still with us. Absolutely, she's yes. Still with us. Mm. Picking the baton up for her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was after she died and realised actually she used to do all these trips to the Caribbean community, organise all the trips to escape uh, escape death or Mabel Fork or Black Black. Did she? Black Bull. She was in the centre of the organiser. Organising and booking a coach and two free coaches. Did she? And then she was in the middle of this circle of partner scheme where people used to buy their houses. Um, and it was like a it was a, like a saving scheme. Right. She was at the centre of it, so everyone used to drop their five pound off yeah. to our house, and we'd go collecting the five pounds yeah. every week. Mm-hmm. Um, she'd have the pot, then all these mm-hmm. five, five pounds, and that would go. She'd have to, she takes her um, admin fee yes. out of it. That pot would go to one of the people. That's called Pardner. It's a Jamaican concept, and it used to make it all for the people from Windrush. Yeah. They used this Pardner scheme to all buy their houses. Oh my so goodness. So they all help, everyone helping each other. And you put in five pounds into a pot, and it was going to one of you. So mm. you had the lump sum this, this, this time, once a year, you'd get the lump sum. Your mum was responsible. And then you could do something out. And my mum used to run that. Yeah. Um, um, so you can't wonder where you got yeah. your skills from, then, surely, and your. Uh, motivation. I didn't realise, obviously you, you realise a lot of things after As soon as after you just said that, yes. Um, uh, after she, I put more, put more, it meant more to me after she'd gone. Of course, yeah. Um, and realised, bloody hell, she was doing this, she was literally doing this. She was obviously very respected within her community, within community that people trusted her with that and, as well. And build, building it up and, and all these people are buying their houses and that. Yes. It was really, imagine me always get a, them times you couldn't get a, no. a, 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 the, West, the West Indies people were struggling to get mortgages. Yeah, they were. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, even if they had, had good jobs, they were mm. struggling to get mortgages, maybe yeah. not got the paperwork in order yet exactly. or whatever. Mm. So they were invaluable schemes. Mm. Yes. Um, That's quite and, remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. And you know, That's where admin, you get it from. The admin, so if somebody don't pay you this week, Right. Yeah. Or somebody pays you a bit more, too much because they want to can't can't pay you next week. Yep. Right. You think about who you're going to record. How you all these people, and now you've got to have some kind of. So she had to make a record of all. Uh, of make, them. make a record of yeah. knowing that this person hasn't paid you this yeah. week, or these three hasn't paid you, and that couple have paid you too much, and that person's had the had the partner money. Who's had it? Whose turn is it? So you think of that, the admin behind that, you think, bloody hell. So really, Steve, she probably had to make something like a business plan. She probably did. <laughs> she probably did. And she's obviously getting a little bit out of it. Yeah, um, but that apple but, hasn't fallen far, has it, from the tree? Yeah. You, you've obviously inherited her mind and her ability to, to help and her desire to help and improve the lives of people, yeah. you're doing exactly what your mum did. Yeah, yeah. How proud does that make you feel? 
It makes you feel proud, doesn't it? Yeah. It, 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 yeah. You blooming should do. Go I'm trying not to swear, but you really should really feel incredibly proud. My God, I'm proud to sit and speak to you. I really am. Keep up the extremely good work. I'm sure you will, won't you? I, I'm, I'm not, I'd say yeah, the, 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 the mission goes on. The mission goes I, on. I, I, won't, um, I don't intend to stop. No. Um, one thing I do know is that the more likely to get dementia when you stop. Oh, yes, um, yes. Or, or when you stop and you think, that I'm going to keep, put my feet up. Yeah. And you haven't got nothing to do anymore. Um, that's the kind of, like, I don't want to go in that position. No. I, want have, I want to have stuff to do. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Even after, after retire, I'll probably be on a few committees. Mm. Um, yeah, I can see that, yeah. <laughs> you've committed or whatever. They'd be very lucky to have you. Thank you for speaking to me, Steve. I mean it. Thank you. It's been an absolute privilege. Thank you for giving up your time. I know you're very busy. And really, I mean it. Um, I'm sure you will carry on the extremely good work that you do. Thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed that so much and I really hope you did too. I want to thank Steve for speaking with me and for his utter and complete honesty. Um, quite serious stuff, wasn't, wasn't there, in his background there? And quite remarkable how he's sorry he has turned it around, he's turned it right round. Although he would say, you know, I loved him saying it's the same thing, they're transferable skills. But then he just switched his brain onto thinking, what? could I have done differently? What could I have done better? How can I benefit from this situation? And he's not, he didn't just benefit himself. He's now, you know, ensuring that other people benefit and that they, he's transferring his skills so that they can help to think in that way as well. You know, he, um, he talks about the art of listening. Is there any time at this moment in the world where the art of listening is um, as important as it as it ever was, being listened to, listening to others, having a voice, but not just that, empowering others to have a voice for themselves, to speak for themselves, to having the courage, the confidence, um, knowing that they are being listened to, that somebody is supporting them. I just think that was uh, fab. And uh, thank you again, Stephen. Um, we didn't even touch on things about your mum that I, you know, but like I say, in the future. And also, just one other thing that we didn't mention um, Steve has got short hair now. He's cut off his dreadlocks after, I th I'm pretty sure he said 30 years. So when we were talking about a photograph for the, um, the podcast artwork, I said, did he want a photograph with his dreadlocks? Did he mind or, or without? And he said he didn't mind because obviously they're a part of him and his life. Um, it's all a part of him. So anyway, found a cracking photo, Steve. I don't know why I didn't take one on the day. I'm rambling again, but I do sincerely want to thank you for being so honest, for speaking to me. I enjoyed every second of it and I hope we can do it again in the future. Carry on the good work, my man. Thank you again. And you know what? Thank you all for listening. Your support, even if it's just for a little nose, is very much appreciated. Um, just started this off just because, you know, it was just something I was inspired to do. So thank you very much for listening and I hope you continue to. We're hoping to get to 10 episodes um, for Series 1 and, hey, Series 2. Who knows where that's going to go? The world is our lobster, my boy. 
Do take care, everyone, and please tune in for episode eight. Bye-bye. Part of the Like Mind Media Network.